0: boasting the God in the machine. announcements before we get to our guest tonight. Uh, the Tennessee Motorcycle the Music Revival is going to be coming up on May 19th to the 22nd. That's going to be at the Loretta Lynn Ranch here in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. They got camping and dirt bike trails and this year's musical headliner is going to be Reverend Billy F. Gibbons. And I think this is the sixth year And it's going to be the best one yet. So make sure you can get your tickets. They got general admission and all VIP passes are still on sale at motorcycleandmusic.com. That's motorcycleandmusic.com. Bring the family. Come spend some time in the heart of Tennessee. Sean Ponte was in an accident. He lives down in Daytona, Florida. And they set up a GoFundMe for Sean for his medical bills. His friend Mandy Macaro, I think that's how you say her name, is having a benefit for Sean at the Saints and Sinners Pub. And it's in Armanda, or, uh, Ormond Beach. Ormond Beach down in Florida. And that's going to be happening towards the end of this month. So please give what you can and uh, help him out. He's kind of a Daytona fixture down there and he's going through a tough time. My guest tonight is Fish at Shiner's Unlimited. Fish has been building motorcycles, traditional bobbers and choppers for the past, uh, I don't know, I think 10 or 11 years by now. He is a amazing fabricator. He's got a great eye for detail and he's one of the nicest guys in the scene. So, please give a warm God in the Machine welcome to Fish. How you doing, Fish? How's it going, man? Good, good. good to hear you. Um, what's the weather like there? Where are you? In Detroit? Where are you? In, outside of Detroit? I'm in Pontiac, Michigan. Pontiac, Michigan. Okay.
1: Weather is uh, Michigan.
0: Yeah. Oh man. For that time of year, huh? How long you been riding? You been riding since you were younger or how long you been riding? Yeah,
1: so uh my grandfather, he bought me a dirt bike, man. I had probably seven or eight years old. I've been bugging him and hunting on his ear to get a motorcycle for me and I helped him fix the foundation on his house and uh, Roof and everything and one day he surprised me I came home from school he said don't go out in that woodshed whatever you do don't go out there you know the first thing I did was go out there and, right enough, there was a dirt bike waiting for me it was a little 50 cc Suzuki beat to hell still had the price tag on it 275
0: bucks oh wow did he ride too Oh, okay. So you kind of got your uh, your interest peaked in that profession. Oh, yeah. I was
1: always with him. Wrenching in the garage, helping him. Probably getting in his way more than anything, tearing shit
0: apart. Yeah, that's what kids are supposed to do, right? Yeah. Let's see. What was your first Harley Davidson you got?
1: Oh, my first Harley was uh let me think. I Had a few sportsters. Yeah. But the, the first bike I really rode and put down a lot of miles on was a ninety seven Superglide.
0: Okay. Evo.
1: Yeah, I had a stroker kit in it and shit.
0: Wow. Did anyone? It a
1: few times. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I put that thing through hell.
0: But you stuck with it, though?
1: Yeah, actually, I didn't have a car. I rode that thing through two winters. Wow. And, uh, the uh, stator and rotor were short out from all the slush and snow. Alright. So I started getting electrical issues that had a Electronic ignition and they're real sensitive to moisture.
0: Oh, yeah. What got you into, uh, I guess you've you made a living as a welder for a number of years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, uh, my grandpa taught me how to weld when I was pretty young, you know, and I'd just fix stuff here and there, stick weld. He'd, he was always working on shit, trailers, whatever, cars, frames, mud boggers, all kinds of shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it piqued my interest. And after I graduated, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I was a musician. I played guitar, and kind of moved around for the music and shit. And, uh, found myself needing a, a decent paying job, so I went and got a, shitty production welding job and uh i i tried uh going to college and it really wasn't for me i knew that i could go and find a job at a shitty wage get paid and learn what i wanted to learn and uh just kind of work my way up so i ran i worked at that production job for about a year or so and I left there and I went and got a uh, fabrication job at a repair shop, and that's when I really kind of hit the ground running. You know, I kind of was able to learn new things and learn how to TIG weld and really hone out my skills in fabrication and fitting tubing together and welding stainless and stuff. After that, you know, I worked there and had a machine shop uh, back and forth. I'd kind of bounce around and try and look for the money. I always ended up working back at that shop. I kind of went and worked on the road and then went back to that. He was always good to me, and when my wife got pregnant, I had to get a real good-paying job, so I bounced from $13 an hour 23
0: in an hour in one shot. Wow! Can you remember the first bike you worked on? The first motorcycle I worked on. Yeah, as far as like uh fabricating, like kind of you know getting getting what you getting a good start at what you wanted to do. You're cutting out, buddy. I can't hear you. Um, the first uh, motorcycle that you worked on, as far as welding.
1: Fixing my own stuff. You know, I worked on a lot of small engines as a kid, tractors and snowmobiles, mini bikes and go karts and shit.
0: I've been working on tractors really helped you out with working on the antique motorcycles as far as pans and shovels and things, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's basically all they are. There's not much of a difference aside from the overhead valve stuff. Right. What do what what do you, what do you think of your style as far as fabricating is? I know you like to kind of narrow the back end, things like that. Is there, an, is there a Shiner's Unlimited style that you kind of keep in your mind when you're when you're when you're putting together a bike? Not necessarily. I, I
1: kind of I have uh, different visions. I like to try new stuff. I don't like to just keep building the same thing over and over. Yeah. There's definitely a certain style that I like and that's that's kind of keen to my eye. I like taller wheels and uh, slimmer, cleaner lines. You know, I don't like really drastic, contradicting lines.
0: Right. What's your favorite part when you're putting together like these lines? Do You think it's the... Uh you think it's just seeing the whole thing at the end or like do you
1: certainly building the frame that's what i like to do Yeah, that's the structure of the whole motorcycle it's the backbone of the bike and that's that's where you get all your lines and right just frame geometry i like messing around with different things and getting the frame to sit lower to the ground but not uh know that's that's pretty much what i like to do i like building the frames.
0: it's so appealing i mean like you said the geometry as far as just a like a triangle with these circles on the end it's very appealing to the eye you know so clean yeah the way the, the way the gas tank flows
1: into the rear legs of the frame and uh you know, the front end with the handlebars, that's all got to flow together.
0: What do you like to use as far as mills? You like to use, um, like shovels or pans? or what's your, what's your preferred engine? Um, I definitely
1: like pan heads, man. Is
0: there a I reason? Is there a reason why you like pans over, like, shovels or knuckles or flats? Um, I really like the generator bottom
1: ends. They just, to me, they're just aesthetically pleasing. You know, and just that that large cam cover on the bottom end, it kind of balances out the large top end. You know, the, the cone bottoms, they're cool.
0: Yeah. Everyone loves shovel heads, but
1: I really like the generator bottoms.
0: Yeah, those kidney covers. Yeah, definitely. Can you remember when you first yeah, got I into like them? The carbs. You like Linkert's? Yeah, old, old Linkert carbs. That's funny. I thought you would be into SU carbs since it's Shiners Unlimited, but you like Linkert's, huh? Something with a or a t-shirt or something. Yeah. No, they're 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 dependable. They're you know that's what it was. Who do you think uh like when you first started getting into motorcycle fab, who do you think was like your biggest influence back then?
1: Honestly, uh I don't know man, I just uh actually what really got me into custom motorcycles i was living in flint and uh i always liked motorcycles and i always tinkered with stuff and and liked working on them and shit but what really got me into building custom bikes is i was like 18 or 19 and i was uh going downtown flint to a car show and there was this stainless uh 500 pre-unit board tracker at a shop out there built and it was like holy shit slam on the brakes to look at it it was so cool so I went in there and started talking to the owners and they offered me an apprenticeship there and uh shortly after my apprenticeship they gave me the nickname Fish and I still don't know why
0: that's where you got it
1: That's where I got it. It stuck,
0: yeah. Hmm. Yeah, nicknames. I mean, that's not a bad nickname to have, you know.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I I didn't stay long there. The shop ended up going under, ultimately, and Uh I saw it coming. So I went out and did my own thing, would buy up the cheapest motorcycles I can find to chop them up and usually sell them at a loss right um, but i was doing it i actually i was living in my garage for a while just going out and buying ironhead sportsters and japanese bikes and cutting them up, making bobbers and choppers out of them right just collecting the tools slowly to do what i wanted it to do
0: yeah it's definitely a process i mean it takes some time you don't just Get there overnight, that's for sure. It's a trade. It It takes quite a while, especially getting the tooling and figuring out your process. Who do you like now? Is there any people you look out, kind of keep an eye on as far as peers out there now? Uh,
1: There's not really single builders that I look up to. There's so many influences out there. Not just in motorcycles, but in artwork and everything around you—just antique, antique parts and pieces. Anything mechanical—it always appeals to me. I, I like sitting there studying that shit, and it always has an influence on my bikes. I take from everywhere, not just the motorcycle community. To,
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to draw on as far as um hot rods, um agriculture, aviation. A lot of different fields. There's a lot still a lot of things that you could incorporate that I see in your bikes, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I definitely love the sixties style. Like the like sixties club my style? style bike. It's, not true.
1: it's not too uh exaggerated or heavy molded frames and shit like that i like it don't get me wrong but there's just something about that 60s style it was kind of the chopper scene was kind of starting to come along in the custom motorcycle world and they were just modifying their bikes with the shit that they had laying around and and they weren't really making show bikes they were just kind of chopping them up and making them cool in the way they thought was neat, you know, it wasn't a big. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say. You, know, you get what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It seems like a lot of uh. I don't know. I with a lot of your bikes, I just see a lot of um, inspiration from that early time when people just make, just kind of make do with what you have. I don't see a lot of really like raked over front ends. I don't see a lot of, um, I don't know what the, I don't want to say the wrong word here. I don't see a lot of anything except traditional, um, early days of, uh, of choppers in your works. You know, not a lot of,
1: that's that's definitely the style I like. I like the swimline type of stuff. And I, I really like, uh, Early motorcycles, too.
0: Yeah. From the teens and twenties. Yeah, I saw where. uh, Cut down the frames and and
1: run no transmission and just jam that rear tire as close as I could to the frame tube. I really dig that. I like making kind of. I like shortening the wheelbase on a bike and stretching the front end just enough, you know. Give the bottom rails of the frame that upward slant, but not too up, too far. It's kind of a clean lean back. Do
0: you feel that they handle differently when you do that? Oh yeah, they definitely do. They can get around a corner a lot quicker. What's your dream motorcycle? Like, if you could, if you had endless funds to, to, to build a motorcycle for someone, what do you think it would be like?
1: 37 knucklehead chopper. I'd probably, uh, it just has a cool ass oil tank on it, man. And 37, that's just sweet. Frames all brazed together. I'd stretch the front legs and uh, backbone tubes, shave the casting off the neck.
0: Oh. So
1: nope. Lines are nice and tight up against the tank. I just love that look.
0: Is there a reason why you would choose a thirty seven? Yeah, thirty seven is a one year only oil tank. I think it's a one year only, um born in thirty seven. Who was? My grandfather. Oh he got me into basically anything mechanical. Oh, that's great, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think uh 37 had a one-year-only um, air cleaner, didn't it? Oh, I'm sure it did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it had a lot of one-off stuff. The first couple of years, they were still figuring shit out. I mean, it was fresh. Right. That's why they were making so many running changes on their b- motorcycles. and I actually have a really early frame that someone stuffed a panhead motor in. I got this '51 EL. That's that's also that's probably my runner-up is a '51 or a '48. '48 has one-year-only cases. They have all the knucklehead oiling system cast into the front or into the rear tappet block, just below the tappet block. Uh. Can still see all the castings from a knucklehead where they bored through for the oiling system. 48 is the only year that has that. And in 49, they did away with all that. That's
0: so what's so great about the
1: one I really like, too. 51 and 52 cam cover. It doesn't have the breather tube cast into it, it's a sand cast cover. Yeah. With harder. Edges all the way around the perimeter of the cam cover, but you don't see the breather tube. It's just a real beautiful edge. I just picked one up. Really? I'm actually, going to put it in that knucklehead frame.
0: Now you're not going to have to cut the frame, are you? Oh, uh, it's butchered already, so I won't. It won't hurt me
1: any. <laughs> they already stuffed a panhead in it. It's a real early frame. I think it's a 38 or 39 frame.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, those... But it already had a pan head in it. They stretched the front legs a few inches. I'm basically going to cut it all apart and do it right. All right. You won't see any of the welds or anything. I'll braze it all together. Kind of like it would have been from the factory, but with cleaner lines. You know, the rear legs and backbone will be a straight line together. Got that nice
0: clean, neck. 28 degree neck. Yeah. That's what I really dig is looking at motorcycles that look like they could have been factory, like prototype, maybe, but just never yeah. went into production.
1: What yeah. do you. factory frame but I changed the geometry up just a little bit here and there to get the look I want like I just built a Ironhead Sportster frame and the way I did it I made it look as if it may have came from the factory rigid I made cast axle plates and uh I stretched the front legs and made them into wishbone legs I stretched them about two and a half inches I cut the backbone tube just behind the the neck uh, Uh and brought it down and uh, welded it and feathered it in to keep the cast look. And I used all big twin frame geometry on it. And I, I just stuffed the rear wheel in just a hair. It just gives it that clean look. I'm actually using a horseshoe oil tank from a Panhead.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's a pretty it's clean.
1: Out Ironhead Sportster motor that someone built in nineteen seventy seven. They had it stuffed in an Amen Savior frame and it never hit the road. It's never ran. Wow. It's all, internally it's all brand new. Wow. Yeah, I picked it up from a good friend, it's a Magneto. It's a fifty eight Sportster.
0: That's uh, cool. You're not going to lose any money on that uh, one.
1: For a few years, a friend of his gave it to him. I had been bugging him about it, and randomly one day I just called him and asked him about it. He said, well, this is crazy. You're not going to believe this, but he just died yesterday. Oh, no. And it, it was just ironic that I called him. Yeah. It was just a random thing. He's like, I think you would need this... uh engine is going to go to you, man. You're deserving of it, and I know you'll put it to use and get it on the road where it needs to be. So he sold me the whole pile with the Amen Savior frame and stuff, and I kept the engine and sold the frame off to recoup some of the money. Yeah. It sat for a little while, and I started building the chopper out of it, and I wasn't happy with the way the frame came out, so I chopped it all back apart, and it sat for a little bit. I just hunkered down and built the frame out. And it's sitting there. I made the exhaust and frame and I've got some hard to find parts on it from a K model.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's in good hands now. I've been collecting pieces and parts. Where do you think it's, uh, you know, I was I was looking online, I saw that um Billy Lane has he has a new line of I guess they're antique type motorcycles that he, he builds the frames and he builds them out, you know, so they can do some uh, racing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You ever thought about building something for them? Looking at putting together a race bike for next year. Yeah. It's a lot of, It looks like a lot of fun to me. What's that? I said it looks like a lot of fun to me. Would you be into racing it yourself? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got a couple of early motors, man. i got a 1917 F-head Harley Twin. Ah. That, that's one that I've want, been wanting to put together, and then a 45 engine. I've got a DL frame and stuff. Uh, I thought about kind of shoehorning a 45 WL into it and putting a open uh, rocker top end on it with the uh, Ironhead Sportster cylinders and heads and just running exposed rockers and shaving all the fins and shit off. Yeah, that's. Like a stroked out 45 Magnum, but a little different. Just exposed rockers and
0: shit. Yeah, that always looks so cool. You know, those exposed rockers. Have you ever thought about doing something for the. uh,
1: 900cc flywheels inside the 45 cases?
0: Yeah, that thing sounds like it. I mean, it would definitely fly. You know, you put it on a real. I said, it sounds like it would definitely fly.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely cool little motors. I had that 145 Magnum. I ended up selling it because I needed the money for other projects, but I'd like to put one together, build another one from scratch, and do it right. Build the cases up with a lot of weld and kind of feather it all back in and make it look like it was a factory-built engine. Probably run a big twin four-speed behind it.
0: Have you ever thought about building something for the um, the Trog? Yeah, certainly. I have a
1: 1930 VL engine and frame. And that's another thing I'm doing with that. I'm putting a four-speed behind it. I've got a uh, 36 knucklehead front end that I'm going to put on it. And a set of 18-inch wheels. Wow. Got a lot of projects. Right.
0: (laughs) That's a good problem to have, I guess. Where do you think um? There's a lot of of new. I guess ideas in the scene right now. Where do you think it's going to be in five or ten years? You ever think about that?
1: do here and there. I think uh, new styles and trends will come out but the 60s and 70s style of the motorcycle and even the earlier style is timeless. It's never going to fade. I think that's stuck forever. But People will come up with new ideas as the technology improves and people start to integrate it and it becomes more of a standardized thing and community. I know the electric thing is starting to pop off, so people are going to start using electric motors and motorcycles. Not really my thing, but I have a couple of friends that are doing it, making it work. And I've always had a great passion for internal combustion, so I think what's going to happen is some of us will just keep being outlaws. Running internal combustion and figuring out a way to create our own fuel to keep making it happen. Right.
0: I think you ought to build a steam engine.
1: No internal combustion coming to an end. At least, uh, halt. You know what I
0: mean? I think you're right. I think it's definitely, um,. I think it's strange days right now on planet Earth. I think that the uh i don't know I don't know where it's all going you know I think you're right though I think that there's going to be some people incorporating electric engines, but I think that the spirit of 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 choppers is has got to be based in the in the internal air-cooled V-twin incorporated American-made motorcycle engine.
1: nowadays all these new engines and the twin cams and stuff to me that's not really aesthetically pleasing you know there's nothing it has a certain form and a certain function but they don't flow together like artwork
0: I think that's right I think that the uh, engines that you're talking about are American folk art and I think it's just a yeah. It's a combination of, like you're saying, the aesthetics and the uh, performance, the functions of them that, you know, that that they are made to be built and rebuilt and rebuilt and they're just diehards. I've heard you say that before. They're just relentless machines. What do you think, uh, what do you think the connection is? If any, I mean, I, I've never, I don't know how you feel about this, but what what do you think the connection is between motorcycles and, like, the spiritual side of mankind is? Oh, man. Yeah, I definitely
1: think there's something to it, man, there's just a feeling you get getting out there on two wheels, just cruising, winding roads, and just being one with nature and the motorcycle, and yourself and it's just there's a certain freedom about it almost like growing wings and flying away
0: I think you're right I think you're right fish I appreciate your time I had a really good time talking to you and uh yeah likewise man I wish you a lot of luck in the future I really do thanks for your help We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. That sounds good, man. All right. That was Fish from Shiner's Unlimited. He uh, has been building for a long time now and seems to really know exactly what he's talking about. So if you want a bike made right, give old Fish a call. This is coming to the end of this episode. We appreciate you listening. The God and the Machine. And uh, whatever you do, keep the rubber side down. And we'll see you soon.
1: she goes oh my darling